Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Well, hello. Hey, Jonathan, how you been, man? Good, good. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be back. I feel like I haven't been on one of these in months. I don't know. We, we have a, a good-sized gap where I'm off doing other things. Everybody, yeah, that's the way it is. Uh, we have the guys rotating around. So, like, Squeaks was on a few weeks ago. Daniel was on last week. Kevin's been on, so it's kind of just like this nice rotating cast. So you guys could all get your breaks and. Well, the truth is so that you guys could raise kids. You guys are all raising kids, which I think is a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it is. Um, meanwhile, I have to take video game breaks. So <laughs> that's the difference right there. <laughs> Tradesies? Tradesies. <laughs> nah, I think I'll keep it. <laughs> I beat Hades this week, so I feel I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> that nice, was a beast. Nice. Um, all right. So today we're going to be talking about a new Penguin series that's in the works, D&D Celebration coming up this week. Uh, Pokemon's new contest, and then uh, some video game trading uh, scandals going on right now. This episode is sponsored by Core vs. Standard. Are you interested in finance? Did you get a new job and want to learn the best way to take advantage of the stock market? Listen in to an episode of Core vs. Standard, where they tackle options trading for beginners. Learn how to trade and join a community of listeners who love finance. Check them out on patreon.com backslash Poor versus standard, or wherever you listen to podcasts by typing in poor versus standard. They're also available on YouTube. We'll have a link to them in our description. All right, but let's go ahead and go into our question of the week. Uh, Jonathan, if you could make any tech for Batman, what tech would that be? So when I think of Batman, right, I'm not thinking like Captain, or not, uh, nothing like Iron Man where he has super high tech gadgets, but I think he's working in his garage, able to build, you know, some kind of steampunk or limited, you know, technology. So, you know, my first impression was like, oh, make make a drone that follows him that can, you know, help to protect him and shoot bad guys and, uh, you know, maybe aid the the injured, you know, uh, civilians around. But that is very Iron Man, and that's too advanced, I think, for Batman. So that'd be cool. But what I thought would be within his realm of possibility, that wouldn't be a, a weapon, but you know, he's got lots of gadget weapons. Would be a yeah. lie detector system that could be built into his helmet. Oh, so man. when he's talking to somebody and they're trying to trick him and manipulate him and stuff like that, I mean, there's there's times where people are just straight good at lying, and he has to yeah. kind of fish out what what's the real situation. So I think just a basic lie detector built into his helmet would be pretty handy. I like that, and I like how you're saying to not go too wild and crazy. I mm. went wild and crazy. I want him <laughs> to have invisibility cloak. So. Mm. Because he's always about like I hide in the shadows. What if he was like fighting crime during the day? You know what I'm saying? Isn't there a version that he has that? Isn't as Batman Beyond uh, his younger kid tech suit? Oh, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. So what I'm inventing eventually will be invented. See, so mine's canon. No, (laughs) yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Shoot, yeah, I think you're right. I think he does have it. Um, Mm. But yeah, to me, it seems like it's so valuable for somebody who's trying to stay in the shadows the whole time. Batman's not bulletproof. He's not Superman or something like that. So he has to kind of hide and be able to attack by surprise. So it's like, take out the middleman, which I guess is Shadows, I guess is middleman here. Um, and just like straight up like, ah, bitch, and then attack somebody. I think that would be really useful for him. Plus he yeah. could like watch crimes happen and then be like, hey, gotcha. Crime just happened. I saw it. So I think Busted. Be Busted. <laughs> yeah. yeah that'd, be, that'd be great. When, when is Disney just going to buy all of DC? I know it's a big buy, oh. but... <laughs> By DC, we, come Jonathan, on, guys. We don't want that to happen. Don't keep asking for it. Oh, come on. I, well, I want the worlds to merge somehow. At least, at least, you know, come to a contract where you guys can share 
you know, assets and build together rather than separated because they're just, they're such good characters. I want to see them mesh. I want to see, you know, Batman get support from Iron Man and his tech and then that creates the Batman Beyond situation and the Batman Beyond kid would work with young Spider-Man because they're almost the same thing. Like, that'd be dope. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, it's the day we're recording this is Batman Day, so there's a lot of Batman buzz going on. The Batman looks so good. I cannot mm-hmm. wait for that. Uh, we're going to be talking about it again here in a bit, but what, which Batman do you think is the best Batman? Oh. Bonus question. I think that's what this is. That's kind of... Uh, they're, all, they're all good in different ways. I right. think I like the yeah. Christian Bale ones better. Uh, maybe it's just because it's newer and, and cleaner looking with modern tech and stuff, but I'd say Christian Bale. Well, my question for you is the Christian Bale Batman is really badass. I kind of think he's so badass because of how well Heath Ledger's did. Yeah, that's true. He didn't like help launch those movies. Uh, But I do like how he plays more of the Bruce Wayne character than other Batmans do. Other Batmans seem to just be Batman. But it's like, well, Bruce Wayne is is a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. He's influential in the city. So to really leverage the fact that you can kind of control the city to it as, or manipulate the city a little bit as just a powerhouse that you are, and then behind the scenes you can do the dirty work that Bruce needs done as Batman. Yeah, Adam West did a really good Bruce as well. And so I think kind of Ben Affleck, if they do more Ben Affleck, I think mm-hmm. he might be a good Bruce. I can't imagine Robert Pattinson doing very good as Bruce from what we've seen so far. Um, he looks kind of disheveled. And... uh. I, I, my vote has got to be Kevin Conroy for the animated Batman from the yeah. 90s. Mm-hmm. That voice is Batman's voice, you know, to me. So it's like, how close did you get to Kevin Conroy? Um, but yeah, it's amazing how like iconic that actor is. And I've always liked that, you know, WB and DC's way of thinking is when you cast a Superman, it needs to be a no-name because it's all about Superman. When you cast a Batman, it has to be a star because he hides himself behind the cow. So the acting has to show through. So mm-hmm. they always try to get a star. So we have like George Clooney and Val Kilmer and Michael Keaton at the height of, you know, Beetlejuice gets <laughs> hired. So it's like, I, I always like that they have to kind of keep that in mind. Even Robert yeah. Pattinson, they're like, okay, let's get the Twilight Kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, That's I like it. Uh, next month is DC Fandom. We're going to be talking a lot more about this kind of stuff then. All right. Uh, by the way, we put up a new duel. If you guys check out our TikTok, I know we don't really talk about our TikTok enough. Um. The duel for this week is going to be, and it's from Jonathan, Mandalorian versus Captain America. That's a tough one. Which one are you voting for, John? Uh, I got to go Captain. Uh, he's, yeah. he's pretty strong, though. Mandalorian's got some, some tricks, so we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see what the, what the fans say. What's funny is I think if it's Boba Fett, I would go with Boba Fett. Just because mm-hmm. Boba Fett has been through some shit and survived. And I think I like Mando better than Captain America, but I have to go Captain on this one as well. It's a tough I mean, one. Also, Mando always has Grogu with him, at least from what we've seen. So when yeah. shit gets down and he's about to, you know, be decapitated by Shield, does Grogu catch it in midair and help him out? Does he oh, that in? is that is an assist. Oh man, you got to at least throw Black Widow in, in Captain America's corner, then if you're gonna do something like that, or Falcon. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> now we're Star talking Wars about Avengers versus, versus Star Let's Wars. Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Disney owns those two. That's an option. Oh, <laughs> we could ooh, see that. Ooh. That you would know, break movies yeah. <laughs> that would break them <laughs> speaking of star wars one thing i was thinking about yesterday that I was like man this would just it would never happen it would just ruin probably the world but it would be so cool to see is a version emerging star wars and star trek is what i'm thinking 
Yeah. Star Trek is like you we see Starfleet as, you know, beautiful, positive, great hope for society and stuff like that. But they're very structured and organized in Starfleet. But then you see um and the Federation. You see Star Wars is the opposite side where it's all these rebels trying to break free from this oppressive government that's trying to take over and, and enforce their law on all these different planets. Yeah. But I mean, you could almost turn Starfleet or the Federation into the Empire and merge those two together. And how awesome would that look if you have, you know, Han Solo trying to rebel against the Enterprise, you know, like, put those in the same universe. It would take a lot of mashing of, you know, the ends, but I think it would be pretty cool to see. Even if just some fan art or, you know, fan-made videos would be cool. I would like to see how Starfleet, or how an average Star Trek captain would handle meeting Jedi. Yeah. And then, like, the Jedi's warning them, like, be careful, there are Sith out here, too. They look mm-hmm. like me, but this thing's red, and they're dangerous. And then, you know, then you have a, they come across a Sith, the Sith is like, that's technology I don't have yet. Replicators mm-hmm. would change the world. So, yeah. you know, it would be a really cool, interesting way of, like, how do you share technology, and how Starfleet would react to, I mean, a warring faction, unlike anything they've seen in the past. I mean, it's, it would be something pretty crazy, pretty cool. Star Trek has the multiverse, or, you know, mm-hmm. to an extent, the mirror universe and whatnot, so we could easily... Switch over to a different version of Starfleet where they're a little more aggressive and a little more controlling, uh, uh, dictator-like, and yeah. then we would merge that. See, you know, the the rebels. So Starfleet could, you know, be the bad guys that the Empire is if we wanted them to. But I yeah. think it'd be cool to see. That's exactly what the mirror universe is in Star Trek. Is it's all if everybody was a jerk. Yeah. 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 All right, fan fix. Get on top of it. We want to read this. <laughs> yep. Make it into a YouTube video. I, I like watching videos. I'm, I don't like yeah. to read. I am going through Dune right now. I'm so excited for Dune, man. Um, I'm only like chapter 10. And I'm, this, is something, this is something big. I'm, I'm starting to realize why they spent like $40 billion on this franchise. It's, <laughs> yeah. This is a good story. This is something really cool. I'm excited for you guys to check it out. So we got the, this movie coming out soon, but is there more already planned coming after this? They don't have them planned, but there are additional books. Okay. I think there's quite a bit of books, but I think there's like two main ones that are after this. I got you. Just depends on how good this one does. Yeah. But it's a really cool mix because I never knew about Dune. I never watched the old movie or anything like that. There's a miniseries too. I didn't know. I haven't watched those yet. Still, I'm just in the book right now. I just thought like, oh, it's something with a desert. Like, okay, it's something with a desert. There's a big worm. They always show the big worm. Mm -hmm. But it is so much like Game of Thrones meets old school sci-fi, like uh, Fifth Element feel. And it's like, it's like a really good mix of like fantasy and sci-fi. It's so freaking cool, man. It takes a bit because like the names are very unique. Um, <laughs> House Atreides and stuff like that. And so you have to like learn the houses and stuff, but it's really, really cool. I think you're going to like it. I, I know you will. That'd be cool. All right, so let's go ahead and get to some quickies here. I want to make sure to clarify first, we have this NVIDIA leak. Uh, people have been wondering, you know, what's going on with this. We haven't written an article on it because it's mostly bullshit. <laughs> so we try to only write articles or address things that are factual, that have been confirmed. But I'll talk about it later on, but there's a whole Spider-Man thing that just got leaked that's like shaking the universe, but we'll talk about it afterwards. Um, <laughs> it'll be pretty cool. But yes, but we haven't talked about it because it hasn't been confirmed yet. And that's how we work. So with this NVIDIA leak, there was a leaked list of video games coming up that'll be coming up like over the next five years. And people start sharing it. And they're like, oh my God, this came from NVIDIA. This is from their streaming service. Um, it's showing that like God of War 4 and it's showing like 
Kingdom Hearts 4 and it's showing whatever, Portals 3 and Bioshock 2022. All these just like, if you were to make a fanfic of games, it's this. And NVIDIA came, said, came out and said, well, this is all like, it's an eternal list, first of all. And it's speculation stuff. Like, how would we build the system to run these games? And so a lot of people, you know, still think like, oh, no, that's BS. These are actually games coming. But if you look at the games that are on the list, a lot of them are totally made up. They're like Bioshock 2022. They announced in 2019 that they're even going to be making a studio to work on Bioshock. They just hired the guy that's going to be writing the scripts. There's no way they have a game coming out next year. So it's like physically impossible that that game would come out. And yet, people are still taking everything for canon, like it's coming. And so, we haven't talked about it. We won't go into in-depth detail on what is on the list, because the list breaks down into either, obviously that's real because it's already been announced, or it's possible, like everybody assumes there will be a Far Cry 7 or something like that. And then the last one is just like, that's impossible. So it's not on the, that's, you know, somebody full on lied. And when you have stuff on a list like that, that is easily a lie, it makes the entire list not feel true. So I just want to kind of keep that in mind, guys. That's why we're not talking about NVIDIA. I know it's big news this week, but we're not going to go into the detail of all the games. So, on the plus mind. side, whether any of this was real or not, or intentional or not, this brings a bunch of uh, hype and, and excitement and whatever towards NVIDIA. A lot of exposure uh, yeah. to NVIDIA. So they're getting all kinds of attention, even though this might just be a bunch of BS. So I'm sure yeah. they're enjoying that. Well, NVIDIA, you know, they, they make great graphics cards, but this is a leak from their streaming service, game streaming service, which I did not know was a thing. And so now I do, <laughs> yeah. So that, you're right. That's a good way to bring some attention to it. All right, uh, we have delays, of course. D uh, Dying Light Two, everybody's excited for this, is now being pushed back to February fourth, twenty twenty two, and Furiosa, which is this is a crazy push, being pushed back to twenty twenty four. Wow, it's a long one, <laughs> and that's the uh, prequel to the Mad Max Fury Road movie. And uh, I'm hyped for that, man. I, I freaking love Mad Max. Matter of fact, they just auctioned off all those cars that were on that movie. They did that this week. <laughs> really? Would you buy any of those cars? Uh, no, I, I, was, I was holding out, but... <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I wonder, so, I'd like to see how much those sold for. They must have been outrageous. I'll look it up, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think they're... Yeah, I think when we're recording this, they're not out yet, but when the episode will release, it's coming. It, it'll be then. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, that one where the guy's playing the guitar on, I bet that's going to go for a pri high price. It's all speakers. Yeah. How dope oh, would that look man. in somebody's backyard? Like you have yeah. a backyard party? <laughs> I mean, you'd be at every parade that your nearby cities have, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of like, it's a harvest festival with like hay bales. <laughs> and then you got some dude just rocking out on a fiery yeah, guitar on the on back of one of these things. Yeah. Oh, there comes the Jimmy the Librarian again with his death car. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, so those we have quite a ways on those. Uh, Anthony Mackie has just been cast. Now this is he plays Falcon, right, from the MCU. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm sorry, he plays Captain America now. That's that's we yeah. got to clarify that. Um, he's joining the cast for the new Twisted Metal series. So this is based off the old video game. Uh, Mackie's gonna be playing the lead character John Doe. Are you familiar with Twisted Metal? A little bit, not not a whole lot, but yeah, I've seen videos of it. So. Yeah, we played Vigilante Eight instead. I think. Yeah, that was our jam. What do you? How are you gonna make a movie out of that? What's the story gonna look like? What do you think? I, I'm thinking just based on the gameplay, right? It's just a, a car fighting, you know, battle arena kind of game. I'm thinking like a Hunger Games scenario. You build okay. this whole. You guys have to battle, and not like I mean, there's death race uh, where they're in prison and stuff like that. But 
you know, kind of you got to battle to break free. And there's, you know, this island, like the movie, the island, there's this you know place you can go to if you win and freedom and stuff like that. But and, you know, you live in a paradise. Uh, and so it kind of gives motivation to the winners, but then they find out that there's this is all a lie, and so they they turn and they try to rally their super tricked out cars into attacking the system that's holding them in there. Yeah, yeah, this definitely has like some death race feel to it, maybe some Fast and Furious, and that's probably mm-hmm. why they're making this really because they're probably like, look, Fast and Furious just keep printing money as much as they like, so let's just yeah. do that. Um, I I don't know, but them hiring Anthony Mackie's because at first I was kind of like, this is a this is going to be a death race. In those movies, I was never excited about. But hiring Anthony Mack, he's like, oh, okay, they're taking it seriously. I will too. Uh, we'll have to see what this is like. I, I liked Vigilante 8, and so I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> Let's bring a Vigilante 8 series out. I'm done with that. Uh, She-Ra is getting a live-action series for Amazon. They are using the writers from the Netflix animated series. A lot of those fans were demanding that they make a season, I think, three or two or whatever for She-Ra. That's obviously not happening now because they got hired on by Amazon to make a live action version. So a lot of the fans are kind of like hot and cold on this, like happy to see more She-Ra content, happy to see live action version, but this does confirm the death of their favorite show. So it's unfortunate. Uh, what classic shows would you want to see brought back in a live action? Like this is from the 80s first, and then they brought back She-Ra to a recent version of animation, and that's the version that's moving on. Is there anything from like the 90s you'd want to see live action version of? Could you guess what I'm going to say? It, something not gargoyles related. Oh, okay, okay. So my first okay. thing is gargoyles. I'm like, you know, making gargoyles I live action. I didn't think about gargoyles. <laughs> That's right. a good one, though. And you could make it live action and make the gargoyles look more human-like. Yeah. Um, but you don't need to. I don't know. It, make it happen. It'd be cool. Uh, but aside from gargoyles, I was thinking Captain Planet would be a good one. Oh, because, my God. What a good idea. Why didn't I think about that? Yeah, you got to nerf his his image a little bit because he's too extreme for camera, I think. But... If you wow. make him a little, I mean, he's an alien. He's not here, you know, he's not one of us flying Is around. Is he an alien? I didn't know that. Okay. I believe so. He's got silver skin and green hair and he can fly. I think and... he's a gift from Ghana, though, which is, I think, Oh, Earth. you're right. You're right. Or yeah, Mother, so just... whatever, Mother Earth or something like that. I guess I should yeah. watch that show again. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I think we could totally do something like that. And nowadays, I think it'll be a lot more well-received than it was back in the, you know, 80s and 90s, because... Back then, people didn't understand what climate change... I mean, still, there's a whole lot behind that. But but yeah, I think it'd be well-received now. I read a piece about this about maybe five years ago. This was a while ago. Talking about how a lot of today's, you know, social... Or um, environmental warriors were inspired by Captain, Captain Planet. Yeah. Like, it actually sparked the recycling stuff and like that. Like, that's why it took off. Mm-hmm. So... We could definitely use it again. And now we have so many like solar power and wind energy that we're really leaning on. It's a really good time to show that. Man, what a good idea, John. Really cool. And we have years of references of, you know, BP oil spills and stuff like that too. Yeah. relate <laughs> into the show. You could take real life experiences and, you know, explain how, how to avoid them and correct them and stuff. Yeah, like last month I woke up to, you know, videos of the ocean on fire in one spot. I'm like, just another day, you know, this is what we're living in right now. It's just one of those days. Um, that's such a good one, Jonathan. Mine was um, gummy bears. Okay. Oh. So live action gummy bears? I know, right? I know it sounds too stupid, but I'm not talking about the bouncing. I'm talking uh-huh. about a war between a faction of bears and a medieval castle. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. essentially what's going on <clears throat> if you take out the bouncing. So you have these bears that like live in peace and they like are one with the nature and stuff like that, and they're fine. This medieval asshole lives next door now. And now they're constantly at war. So can you imagine that final battle? 
Bears versus Knights. Mm. Oh, that'd be so cool. And then, yeah, maybe there could be some juice or whatever, but I, you know, we could cut out the bouncing part. <laughs> I say Disney does this, but they make the Bears Ewoks, and this be their story before they took over their planet and controlled oh, it themselves. Man. Bam. So Ewoks versus <clears throat> the Empires as they're building that, that, that fort that protects the uh, Death Star 2. There you go. And they destroy oh, the whole, man. yeah, they, they got to be the victors. That'd be funny. Disney, listen to Jonathan. He's on top of it over there. Right. I'm helping you print cash. I just want 10%. 10 for 10 percent of anything disney makes is gonna make you so rich Billion. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man uh all right we got grogu or baby yoda which do you like Gro- grogu or baby yoda i like I, I always say baby yoda when i see him on everything because yeah. he was introduced and and utilized for so long as baby yoda which i know is not you know canon he's not yoda they've he's never the said same... baby yoda at all in the show yeah, yeah he's of the same species but but they didn't give us a name for him for so long, so I think Baby Yoda is stuck on him. I don't think I don't think he's gonna shake it. And I may be wrong about this. Kevin can help us on this because he's a Star Wars expert on the show. Um, I'm pretty sure Yoda doesn't have like a race name yet, and I think they call it just Yoda's race. Yeah. So Baby Yoda's not completely inaccurate. I think. That being said, yeah, we'll go with Grogu since I guess that's what they want to do, Star Wars. Um, but he's getting his own Macy's Day Parade balloon now. Uh, what's cool is it's going to be the Funko version of him because this deal is actually between Funko and Macy's. So Funko came to them like, hey, we want to you know, do a balloon. They're like, okay, which balloon do you want to do? Well, what's really popular, easy to do, Grogu. So there's going to be this giant Grogu. He's actually playing with the ball that he you know, always has in the show that he gets from the ship. Um, and that'll be pretty cool. Do you watch the Macy's Day Parade? Uh, I used to, when we were kids, we would watch it all the time, every year, yeah. but uh, I don't think I've seen it in probably five years. I watched it two years ago, and what's cool now is they have a 3D, or one of those 360 cams, mm-hmm. so you can actually be on the side of the road, like, watching the balloons from underneath. Mm-hmm. That's really worth doing. That's pretty cool, but it's on yeah. too early for me. Like, that's one of my big problems. It's like 7 a.m. or something? Come on. This was a smart deal from Funko, though, because you think about it, they bought the rights to... Uh, thousands and thousands of characters but they're about the right to to make grogu in, in whatever form they want apparently and then they're not only able to sell that in a bunch of different figurines but now they're selling it in the you know the giant balloon form which i know they're probably not selling it to macy's they're probably you know promoting their own product with it but this is a huge obviously you know ginormous visual aid that that will get them a lot of attention so i think that's brilliant yeah yeah they could have used they really could have used anything, but they knew that uh, Kroger's going to put the seats, uh, yeah. the butts in the seats. Is that the word? Yeah. Something like that. It, and it's it'll be simple shapes. You know, all of the Funkos it's, are simple shapes, but you don't want to use somebody that's got like a staff or some, oh, you know, wow, some yeah. hard shapes to, to make a balloon out of. Well, that's a really good point because, because specifically the Yoda ears are so identifiable versus mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Hawkeye. You just got to know because he's wearing the, has the bow and arrow on. Otherwise yeah. you couldn't tell it's Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, ooh, that's a good point. All right. Back to Batman info. <laughs> Live action Penguin series is in the works. Um, this was going to be following Penguin. It's going to be a prequel to him. Uh, it's going to be done by the Matt Reeves story being told next year. So The Batman with Robert Pattinson. It's a spinoff from that, which means Colin Farrell is back. So that's Bullseye from the old Daredevil movie. Try to like, yeah. explain it that way. Uh, is, is this what we need? And who do you want to joining, joining Penguin on the series? That so I, I I don't know of other Batman villains other than like you know the Joker and the Riddler and you know the, the, the basic ones, but I'd I'd like them to dig deep and kind of find no name Batman villains. 
And you know, if yeah. I watched more of the Gotham series, I'm sure they have they had some some good no names in there. Uh, I gotta so watch, I gotta finish watching that too, dude. That was actually good. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. I don't know why I stopped, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like them to kind of bring some of those no name characters and build them out, give them a little backstory, and really use this as a platform to test the the new villains. And if they do good here, then you can make their own spinoffs or or put them in movies and stuff. But uh, yeah, just kind of bring out some of the ones we don't know yet. Yeah, and I'm predicting this will be like the rise of Penguin. Like he starts from they kind of did that in Gotham too, because he started off as like the like the assistant or whatever, and then he kind and that guy, man, that guy did a really good job playing as Penguin. Yeah. He made me actually like think he was cool, which is hard to do for a dude that's like he has a cane and he's short and squatty. Like, what's his deal? You did a good job, and because we, we were used to the Danny DeVito and the old animated right. version, which is a very you know corrupt politician, and he's you know short and chubby, looks like a penguin. But the from Cobblepot from um, from Gotham was was like a cripple and an outsider, and just not he like he didn't have any opportunities that other people had, and so he and really I love yeah you feel people like shunned him. him because of his disability, but it's like. Oh yeah, bitch! Watch this, and he yeah. rose above it, and I was like, "Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're rooting for the bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> Him and Riddler, yeah. dude, it was so cool watching those two work together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a perfect casting for Riddler too, actually. But yeah, they yeah. they did really good. Um, yeah, so it sounds like this will be like a regular crime series and stuff like that. Uh, watch him rise up. I think that's really cool. We this will probably be directed by Matt Reeves himself, the guy that's doing the Batman movie. Can you think mm-hmm. of anybody else who would be better directing? A better director for a crime-based series like this. Um, not to give it a Batman feel. Like, I mean, I like. Um, yeah, I like the recent Sherlock Holmes movies. I don't remember the what, is it? the series or the movies with uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey yeah. Jr. movie. Yeah, yeah, this series was good too, actually, honestly. But um, yeah, anybody who's done Sherlock Holmes lately, <laughs> those are great. But to do like a detective kind of drama, but. Uh, but it's it's hard because with Batman you got to have that kind of mysterious, kind of dark and gloomy. You don't want the the sh- the shiny polish. You want kind of the the shadows and stuff. So uh, we'll see. I, th- I think I think if they if he's had success with Batman before, then let's stick with him. Yeah. So the the thing is, Batman shouldn't be in this series. I don't think Batman will be in it at all. Yeah. I think it'll be just about Penguin like moving his way up. Um, I really like. So I know Martin Scorsese's never going to do this. But Martin Scorsese is perfect for this. If yeah. you think of like The Departed or, um, you know, like any of those like mafia movies and stuff that he's done, like yeah. that's what I want to see. And then Todd Howard, who did Joker, the Joker movie, was inspired by him and actually like, I'm going to make a Martin Scorsese like Joker movie. Yeah. So that would work really well. And you'd see like Cobblepot make these moves and then you'd see him go from like guy who's just climbing, climbing the ladder to people, somebody who's like actually hurting civilians to do that. And yeah. that transition would be a lot of fun. So I'm hoping Matt Reeves kind of embraces that idea, that, that side of things. It kind of feels like his movie might be doing that anyways. Mm. I think we're going to have a lot of questions answered once we see the Batman. It's been kind of delayed and delayed so much because of COVID that I think DC's kind of holding back a lot until that movie comes out. And then it'll be like, boom, this is your guys' new Batman. Check it out. So I think yeah. there's a lot kind of cooking here. I think it'd be great if they, if they make it not just a, a series about uh, Penguin, or a Batman villain, but this is a series about Gotham and what Gotham looks like in the dark and you know behind the scenes. And then, as we we are not falling in love with a specific character, they're they're playing out the life of the city. And then 
it makes it easier to expand and segue into other shows and movies too. There is a new series coming up called Gotham PD. It's going to be just about the, the police the police department of Gotham, um, mm-hmm. which I know feels like Gotham. <laughs> How many times can we say yeah. that name? Um, yeah. But yeah, so we might get that through that series as well. We might see something like that. One problem I see though is, is DC has a really hard time with continuity. They don't keep these yeah. feeling the same or in the same you know world a lot of times. So you know, bring it all together. Like I hate to push back to Marvel all the time, but they do a pretty good job of being able to have their one-offs and their different worlds and realms and stuff. But it all comes back to the same. It's like the same person telling the story, so it's in the same same language and everything. It's it fits together. One thing that, that DC has told or said already that Robert Pattinson's Batman, so Matt Reeves' movie, is mm-hmm. in Earth 2. So that means that this will be in Earth 2 as well. While mm-hmm. like Ben Affleck does Earth 1 Batman. And so, which is cool. And then like the um, the future Superman, the, the black Superman that everybody's been talking about will be Earth 2 as well. So I would love to see, you know, Robert Pattinson with the new Superman and stuff like that. This is all really cool information you guys are sharing with the multiverse that you guys are setting up. But you have to share it with the layman's. I know that because I'm writing stuff about DC comic books. Like, that's the reason mm-hmm. I know about it. But you got to put it in a movie somewhere that it's like, oh, yeah, there's a multiverse. Yeah. Marvel has <clears throat> spent 10 years building their universe before cracking that shell and saying, like, oh, by the way, multiple Spider-Men. You know, like, it took so long for them to do that. And, and you guys are not even, you guys are just like, yeah, just assume that there are multiple out there. You guys kind of got to introduce us somehow. Give us a little peek into there. And the next Justice League or the Flash is actually a really good way to show us. Hopefully, they kind of give us something to establish that. All right, we have a we have a D and D celebration coming up next week. Um, it's the D and D celebration 2021. They'll be review they'll be revealing some of the new campaigns coming up, giving some details on this. Um, one of the big announcements that was given out the week before was a new musical they're going to be airing on the second day of the celebration called The Circus of Sound which is likely in reference to their future book because apparently it'll involve a circus-like atmosphere. Um, some of the other things we're going to be getting uh, is the cast of Star Trek Discovery will be playing a full campaign on stream. So I think that's pretty cool. Have You have yet to play D&D, correct? I haven't, and it's daunting. Like I, I, I go yeah. <laughs> online, I look at making a character, and then I watch videos of other people like what to do and how to do there's just so much, like even just these books, there's all so many books. There's, it's a big world to try to just stumble into, you know, it's like, it's like playing chess when you don't even know what checkers is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's complicated. Yeah, there is a lot, which is really cool because there's a lot of panels going to be at this convention. Uh, it's a three day event. There's gonna be a lot of panels that are for new to D&D players. I think they've realized during COVID, a lot of people started playing D&D, myself included. Because they made all the online tools free during COVID. So you didn't have to pay for anything D&D stuff online, which has really been really awesome. Um, it is daunting. And I suggest if you guys are interested in D&D, do not buy the book. Don't buy any of the books because it's just information overload. What you need is a friend that plays the game to kind of share with you some ideas and then kind of work with them a little bit to set up your first character and then play your first campaign. Don't go off the books. Go buy your friends. and. It's a lot, but I'm excited to watch the Discovery crew play this. I think, you know, can you think of who could be what? Like, I kind of think, like, I, I, it's so hard. Like, there's going to be a lot of warriors. It's a really warrior-heavy group. Um, <laughs> we might have might a couple a bards in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It'll be cool to see what they could do, but, man, I don't know. There's, you, you see people's personalities by who they pick. Like, I just interviewed um, 
a little heads up on, on interview coming up, guys. Um, a comic book coming up called Bardic uh, versus. I interviewed the the writer and, and cartoons for that, um, Mike and Pete, and hearing them talk about like how each rate or each uh, role kind of tells a personality and how the bard is this real unique one that's not the star of the show and stuff like that kind of really makes you think of like who people choose also kind of tells who that person is you know what i'm saying so i think this i think we're going to see a lot by the discovery crew and who they pick and we'll be watching that on the third day of the event so that'd be pretty neat to watch uh it's going to be from september 23rd to 26th and we'll cover it here on geek freaks news and on the website geekfreakspodcast.com and Jonathan, I suggest you watch some of this. It might be a good way to get you started on uh, D&D, man. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> I have to try to get in now that, now that you guys have been doing D&D for a while. I have to try to get in with you guys at some point. We've been playing D&D for about a year now. And we're on a maybe once a month schedule. It's just <laughs> so hard to schedule everything. It's so freaking hard. One week somebody's moving. And then like one month really somebody's moving. We play for a week. And then the next month somebody else is moving. And it's just constantly that. So it's been a little tricky. All right. Uh, next up, Pokemon launches a contest for fans to illustrate a new card. Uh, so I'm going to break this down real quick. The contest, first place is 5,000. Second place, 3,000 from US and Japan. And then 30, yeah, uh, no, 15 third place winners that are 1,000 each from each country. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you can draw uh, art of, a, of Pokemon and the background. You have to include the background, which is really important. Um, of a, a moment in the Pokemon's daily life. So them just chilling out, hanging out, acting all cool. Um, it has to be either Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Arcanine. Arcanine, so dope. Uh, Greninji, <laughs> Charizard, uh, Rapidash, the Galarian version. So that's the one that's psychic type or fairy type. I think it's psychic type. Um, Skizzer and Chromorant. So if you could choose one of those three, or I'm sorry, one of those eight, draw it up, submit it to Pokemon. You guys have, I think it's just two weeks. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They have to be done by October 13th. And then you guys can win this. And then what's really cool is your art will actually become a Pokemon card. So it actually gets to join the roster of Pokemon. Uh, this is really neat. Jonathan, who would you draw? Um, gosh. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, probably just do Pikachu. Um, Pikachu? I'd <laughs> do simple. Because I, I couldn't think of, I'm sitting there trying to think of what would you draw them doing in an everyday situation. Right. Um, and I, I just imagine like Pikachu eating a berry that's like too big for his hands kind of thing. Like that'd be oh, cute. Oh man, but... that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything for, you know, once you get an image in your head, that's stuck. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Who, who would you draw? I think Arcanine because Arcanine is used as like a police dog in the Pokemon universe a lot. They show him yeah. a lot. So I think it'd be cool to just like have him kind of like on duty being a police dog would be kind of cool. Or just like playing around at the house. Like maybe he's got his dog bed and you see like singe marks on it because he's fire type. Or something like that would be pretty cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wish I had I like skill. It. That'd be very handy at a moment like this. Yeah, I see this on 5K. TikTok, though. People that will take a Pokemon card and they paint over it and they redo the image oh, in the card. Right? And they make such cool. I'm like, man, that, I mean, and this is a smart way for the Pokemon company to get a whole bunch of content. Because I'm sure anything submitted, no matter if it's good or bad, is going to be their property once it's submitted. Yep. So they can use them and you know tweak them if they want to or whatever, even if you didn't win. You know, your art could eventually become a card if it's changed a little or whatever. Uh, but this is just brilliant because they spend money. They have employees that are doing that job and they run out of motivation, I'm sure, at some point. So, and this An gets an engagement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This gives a lot of engagement, a lot of uh, excitement behind it. So, I think this is just a real smart way and cheap. I mean, was this less than $20,000 or $23,000 that cost them to do this entire program? 
that's nothing yeah. for a big company like that. It's just that's you know yeah, it's lunch for everybody for a day. So basically, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it's company wide lunch right there. Yeah, so I think that's really smart. That's cool. Yeah, and what's cool is they 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 do this yearly for Japan only. This is the mm-hmm. first year the United States, which is a big hub of you know, of Pokemon fans, can join in. So now there's all kinds of new people being added in on the fun. Um, and in the end of the day, like being winning five thousand is great, but having a Pokemon card with your actual drawing on there is so cool. And so it's a real good opportunity for those who have been a fan for a long time and have the skill to join in. Um, this is part of their celebration, year-long celebration for the 25th anniversary of Pokemon coming out on the Game Boy in Japan. Um, we haven't celebrated it yet because we're waiting for the release of the first Pokemon, new Pokemon games, which are coming out on November 19th. So mid-November, we're going to do a big Pokemon celebration where we'll do probably a couple top fives related to Pokemon. Um, but keep an eye out for our socials and everything like that. We'll do some like, you know, questions and polls, get you guys involved in that. And we'll give away some cool Pokemon merch. I'm not sure what yet, but we're we're debating on what it'll be. I'm thinking about like giving away some like Pokemon Oreos because they just teamed up with Oreo, and so you can get yeah. There's like Pikachu and you know all kinds of different Pokemon on the Oreos. There's a couple now. missing from your box. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, you got something for us? I do, I do. Uh, I got some info on this uh, Wada Games. Uh, so the co-founder, so. Uh, the Wada Games co-founder is accused of insider trading by selling games uh, that his own company has graded. So what this company does is they'll, they'll grade games, like return games or, or used games, and assess their condition, their, their you know, age and all that uh, to rate them on their value, pretty much how you know, they give them a score, and then that determines how much they could be resold for and whatnot. Uh, so the co-founder, Mark Haspel, uh, was found selling Atari games in eBay, uh, on eBay and Profited over forty six thousand uh, dollars, according to proofs. Uh, Seth Aberson, uh, <laughs> journalist Seth Aberson, uh, discovered Mark's market when he noticed a note with one of his purchases. It offered to sell additional games directly by emailing Mark Haspel. Uh, Seth recognized the name and did some digging. He discovered Mark's uh, postings under M star S star H on eBay. Have you ever had that where you got some from Amazon or or, or eBay? And it has like a note in there from the actual seller. I've gotten that a few times now. I don't think I ever have. I've almost never bought anything on eBay, though. I bought plenty of stuff on Amazon. I don't think I've ever had a note like that specifically. I've had notes in there where they'll either ask for, hey, can you review this for five stars and we'll give you five bucks off or something like that, which is shady because that's false. That means that when I bought your thing and it was like, oh, wow, five stars means that people are being paid five bucks for that. And I've also had where they're like, hey, if you want to buy any more, come and check out our website, which means that they're trying to sell things without giving Amazon or eBay their cut. So yeah. it's like shady upon shady either way. Uh, yeah. But I've seen this before. And so I'm not surprised. But what's crazy is this guy recognized Haspel's name. Like, because yeah. he's a journalist, he's like, oh, I know this guy. He runs WADA. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty smart. And yeah. I, like, I, I wouldn't cut people down for, for doing the latter one where you advertise your store through their store. I mean, that's... That's business that you're, you're trying to retain a customer okay. and, yeah. you know, not completely sell through Amazon, though Amazon and eBay, they have, you know, good marketing and they're drawing in a lot of customers. Now you're like, hey, since you, since you already like my product, could you buy it from me next time instead of buying it from these other guys that are selling it? Yeah. So I think that's fair. Um, so the problem lies in Mark's possible intent of insider access for WADA. Yeah, because he would know, he would know like the stats on what's selling well. 
and stuff like that. And because they're the one, because what WADA mostly does is grade unopened packages. They make yeah. sure they're like, oh, this is a pristine package. Like a, this is a 9.5. It's pristine. It looks like you bought it off the shelves. Or this one's like an 8.5. It's like you bought it off the shelves, but there's a little bit of a tear right here. Yeah. So he knows he knows the insider stuff. Yeah, it's it's a little too shady that he's the one selling stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but so like you know, there his his business is rating these games. You know, gets them in bulk or whatever, rates them, and then they are valued and they get sold at that rate. But I don't see what's the what's the big issue. Like how so it's not insider trading because he's not buying and selling stocks with his company, right? Based on that, he's buying and selling a product, an asset, but. Like, if you are, I can't think of a good analogy. <laughs> uh, if you, if you're an auto mechanic and yeah. in your job, you fix cars all day, but on the weekend you buy and sell cars because you can tell what's a good car, what engine's going to last and which one's not. Are you now inside trading because you're buying and selling something that's related to your business? That's the debate, right? Because there's a couple things that run into it. First off, WADA doesn't reveal their information. It's only private. So he yeah. only has this information because he works at the company. Yeah. So there's that. Plus, is he manipulating the market? Is he seeing that like, oh, you know what? We're we're charging less for Atari games because they're not selling well. So let me sell Atari games to increase the value of them so that we're doing well in the company. A lot of questions out there about that. Yeah. I don't know. I think, it, I mean, it also depends if the business is, uh, is incorporated, if it's a sole proprietorship and it's him that is the business. Because it sounds like it's not, a huge business, right? Uh, but hey, th- this is a this is a tightrope walk to determine whether this is unethical and and illegal. Um, but just based on what we know, I don't think he's really doing anything wrong. Maybe the company, you know, him, him receiving data from the company that wasn't uh, readily accessible to everybody else. I think that might be the only hangup. Yeah, but. I mean, do we not learn things at work that other people don't know? I mean, well, it's tricky because not... you can literally go to jail for insider trading for mm. like knowing that the company's going to announce something terrible tomorrow. So let me sell my stocks today. Oh, you would go to jail for that. Yeah, that's why you know Martha Stewart went to jail because she knew ahead of time on something. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that's what they're kind of comparing it to. That that's what this uh, Seth was talking about on his article on on proof. Um, is it like, yeah, he's, he knows in a head of, and even after all this information came out, I looked it up after, you know, we were talking about this, he still has his, his postings on eBay. You could still buy these Atari games for 2,500 bucks each. So it's not deterring him. The company seems to be fine with it. If he's still selling there. Yeah. And the company yeah. tells their employees, you're not allowed to sell games. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, because that's... he's the boss, he's able to, but yeah. otherwise he wouldn't be able to. Yeah. That's, that's tricky. tricky. I mean, I, to me, I think it's, there's. Pretty much nothing wrong with it. He, off the clock, buys and sells games. He yeah. has more information on what's good and what's bad because he works with it all day. But if you're a chef at work, you come home and you're going to cook better food because you have more knowledge of what foods go good together. That's so good to I don't know how, how to really blame him. on If he was doing anything illegal you know, in his personal life with you know, stealing the games that he's selling, if he was stealing them from his company or buying them as his company and then selling him as a person, you know, individual, then that would definitely be stealing and, and wrong. But, and, and maybe actually a, a good point against him would be that this message is going out with a product that is sold from the company as also a personal message saying, Hey, message me separately if you want to buy. 
direct. The so. games, yeah, the games are graded. So the games he's selling are graded by Wada, yeah. but I but they're his games. So I'm sure he didn't pay for the grading service because uh, I was looking into getting a couple of my games graded. It's sixty bucks to get a game graded. So I'm sure he's not for like bare minimum level of grading, but that goes up to like two hundred fifty. Uh, for a game to be graded. Um, so I'm sure he's not paying for the grading service, but nevertheless, that doesn't really matter. It's all about if he ties the company at all to his market on eBay. I think that's where it comes into problems, you know? Yeah. Now, but so, so people- far, he's just gotten, he just has knowledge. You know, I, I can't blame the guy, although I think like it needs to be investigated. I think it's where I would stand. Yeah. And so people pay up to $250 to have a game graded. Does that seem yeah. profitable? Oh, well- dude. If you have How valuable okay, are games. If you have Mario 64, uh-huh. so the Mario 64 game in package, unopened and everything like that, and it's graded high, like above a 9.5, that thing sold for like 1.5 million, uh, like last week or something. It was Whoa. like within a couple, like a couple months, maybe. With how much? 1.5 million. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So, so it is worth grading them because that's certifying that like this thing's this this rare, this pristine. That is outrageous. And then it. J- like these Atari games that he's selling, mm-hmm. they're Atari games you'd find at a garage sale, but they're yeah. sealed in package and verified by WADA that they're sealed in in package. Like, because they have to, WADA verifies it. Yeah, that's the plastic they use when they package these Atari games. Yes, yeah. these things, you know. So they verify it. And then that means that these Atari games that he could have gotten at a uh, yard sale are now all like 2500 bucks and up. Wow. So. That's crazy. Something like worth grading. my yeah. old GameCube games that are worth like, 50 cents as a frisbee for somebody because they're just old and scratched and not good for anything. But, uh, but yeah, that's a lot. You know, we got to wrap this up. I got some garage sales. Day. <laughs> Man, my town, they got all kinds of garage sales going on. Oh, that's honestly what I do every Saturday now is I go, yeah. I get a bagel and a coffee and then I go and shop at yard sales and I sell them on that Macari app, which is basically just like a collector's only version of eBay. That's really great. It's been a nice little side income because it's like, Oh, look, Funko Pops at a yard sale. Oh, this is a $500 Funko Pop they didn't know about. Stuff Jeez. like that. So it's been really great. Yeah. That's cool, man. All right. Well, I got, I got new business to do now. <laughs> All right. So what's our official stance on this? Mine is they need to investigate it further, but I don't think he did anything wrong. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, with what information we have, I don't think he's doing anything illegal. I think there's definitely reason to be suspicious, but like you're saying, it just needs to be investigated further. Yeah. All right. Well, it's it's an interesting business. I think we both learned more about the grading business in general because I didn't know much about it either. I just knew games were graded, but yeah. I didn't know the process and stuff like that, and there's a lot to it. It's pretty neat. Yeah. All right. Fans are going crazy over this N64 games might be coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, the Nintendo's buzz- pushing on me, man. They really want me to buy a Switch. They've been doing a lot lately. <laughs> but I got, so, I, I'm, yeah. I'm getting that uh, Steam Deck, so I, I can't, but... Uh, more and more now like if they come out with like a, an upgrade pretty soon like oh wait the, now there's a switch 2.0 that's i don't know 10 times better i might be considering buying a switch so there is an upgrade switch coming it's the oled switch but it's not a real big upgrade so mm. i wouldn't bother buying it but what the other vers- version of that is um they're lowering the price on the switch real soon for the holiday season so it's actually going to be cheaper to buy a switch now keep that in mind and usually when they lower uh. the price it's like by 50 bucks yeah. so so it's going to be probably like $200 to buy a Switch. Uh, and they're worth getting jelly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this leak comes from a patent that Nintendo put in. Uh, the tricky part about this patent, so we know it's for a controller. Like the, the model number has like, I think it's H- HSA, which is their code for um, controller. 
The trick is they put a confidentiality thing on there saying it cannot be revealed. No part of the patent can be revealed for six months. So that means it's something important. It's not just like, a, hey, this is a controller, but it's blue. No, this is something good. They've also submitted power test for it, so we know it has a USB connection because that's the only reason they would submit a power test for it. Um, this, accompanied with the emulator they installed on the Switch like last year for N64, everybody's thinking, okay, that means N64 is coming to the Switch online. I'm excited for this. I mean, the, the Switch online right now is 20 bucks for a year, and you get to play like Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. If they charge 30 or 40 bucks a year, and I get to play N64 games, plus the Game Boy games that were revealed from or rumored from last month, I think Switch is becoming a must own. Yeah, if they, as long as they, if the price is sustainable for all families, then there's no reason not to have this sitting underneath your TV ready to play, you know, with the kids. This, it's going back to, you know, the Wii when it first came out. Everybody wanted a Wii, and it was just the at-home kind of playing with the kids kind of system. But the Switch is getting more, more broad spectrum, I guess, and has more to do with it. Though, so I gotta ask if this is if this is coded as a controller, could a Switch itself not be considered a controller that just has a screen on it? Yeah, I mean, like the there's a um, the Switch Lite that has like their form factor together type of thing in the same mm-hmm. form factor, but like the normal Switch, like I have, where they come off the side, those those Joy Pads are or Joy Cons are separate controllers, I guess. Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because the Switch is kind of this real unique monster of a device that kind of goes both ways or whatever um it is tricky but i would assume that if they're going to be if they're doing a new patent the tricky part is like okay so everybody says if it's going to be announced it'll probably be announced on september 29th that's the 25th anniversary for nintendo n64 so that's when they would reveal it or launch it but then why would you announce something like that and then six months later the controller's coming out you know, it's a little bit fishy there because you think the controller would come out the same day as the Nintendo 64 itself, right? Yeah, well, so that the contingency on it or whatever where they have to stay quiet for six months, isn't that just on the patent? So they can announce it, but the, the specs won't be released for six months? Is that right? That's a good point, actually. Yeah, they might already have it available. That's a very good point, actually. That's true. It's just that to be safe, they have a patent. Probably because yeah. they know the delays happen nowadays. So. Yeah, and they probably <laughs> don't want... Safe. They don't want competition out there too to to be sniffing around what their design is going to look like and the specs of it and stuff yet. Yeah, but man, I can't even think of competition that could hold hold a candle to this. I mean, the the Steam Deck is going to be great, but mm-hmm. this thing with the fact that it has like the that library, the classic yeah. Nintendo library, especially yeah. like Nintendo, the NES and the Super Nintendo are awesome, but it's the Game Boy and the N sixty four that are like my first addiction games, and yeah. so I'm really hyped for those two joining the party. Is there any particular N64 game you'd want to see brought to the Switch? Oh, definitely. So I don't know if it's already on. It might be on the Switch right now, but uh, Star Fox was like one of my Ooh, favorite not. N64 games. Yes. And there's all kinds of talk about them bringing Star Fox back, like bringing a new Star Fox out. Because people are like, why has there not been one? That's a good so, one. That game was a lot of fun. Are you able to play with other people online with these N64 games that they're bringing to the Switch? Like, can they me all- and you play Star Fox together? So there's a rumor that if they do bring the N64 on, they'll charge more for it for the mm-hmm. yearly thing, which it's already $20 for an entire year. It's very cheap. Yeah. So it'll probably be $40 for an entire year. That caveat means that they're probably going to add on online play. And yeah. that would be awesome. Because Vigilante I mean, 8 was yeah, on right? N64. And, oh, and man. then new games, like I remember we used to play the, 
uh, Advanced Wars. I don't think that was a Nintendo game, but there's all kinds of Game Boy yeah, games that, that were fun to play, or you have to pass back and forth. But if you can make those, you know, those classic, you know, con- uh, Game Boy games where we can play them on a portable device and it's all connected. I mean, you know, there's apps nowadays. You can play a million different app games, but it's not the same. You want to play the old games you remember when you were a kid. There's nothing like, okay, we got to mention it. Diddy Kong Racing. There would yeah. be nothing like you, me, and even Miguel possibly playing mm-hmm. Diddy Kong Racing again, all from our own homes. Like that would be such nostalgia for us. Yeah. That ice level where you're shooting at each other. Remember that one that's <laughs> in the ice pyramid? I mean, that's just yeah. classic. I didn't realize Diddy Kong Racing was such a big game, like outside of our house too. I thought yeah. it was just like we were the only ones that really liked it because it was just a little, you know, you're driving go karts or whatever. Uh, but yeah, apparently it's kind of huge in the What's Nintendo world. Cool about it is it's kind of huge, but Nintendo didn't want to recognize it. Nintendo's yeah. like, no, it's all about Mario Kart. So they made the game, but they were really pushing Mario Kart. But like yeah. N64 fans were like, no, you guys should have made Mario Kart Diddy Kong Racing because it's a way yeah. better format. It's not just like pick a map. You actually mm-hmm. had to like try flying in hovercrafts. So. It was a lot cooler that way. But, yeah. I mean, GoldenEye better be on this list, right? If you could play GoldenEye on your friends, with your friends, that would be epic. Turok yeah. 2 for us, because Turok 2 oh, is yeah. available, but it's not oh. online at all. That was on my list, too, actually. That was my second one, was Turok 2. You got any more on used... your list? No, that, there's those two. But we also used to play Nightfire a lot, right? 007 Nightfire? GameCube. That's the next one up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This will be big. I think it's going to get a lot of people who are still on the fence about Nintendo Switch back. I think you, maybe even Daniel, would come back if they brought N64 onto the Switch. And it sounds like we'll find out by September 29th what's happening. Nice. So we have the conclusion to Apple versus Epic. We've been talking about this lawsuit. And uh, we're going to be talking about winners and losers, if there are any winners. Um, so first of all, this let's break down what this was for. Do you remember what that lawsuit was about? Uh, yeah, it was something where... Uh, Epic was selling games through the Apple Store, but then they wanted to sell content within their game without the Apple Store. Is that what it was? You nailed it, John. Yeah, Fortnite, okay. basically. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you they were trying to have people be able to go outside of the Apple Store, and that's because Apple charges 30% through all transactions through Apple Store. Yeah. So they're trying to avoid that. That's kind of like we were talking about with eBay. If a guy says, hey, you know, thanks for buying my product. Yeah. Next time, can you go on my website? They're, they're trying to do that, but through Apple, which is one of the big dogs. Exactly that. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's good. Um, okay, so here's what the results were from that. Okay. Now, Epic will not be getting Fortnite back on the Apple Store. Hmm. So uh the judge said that you guys breached the contract when you first pulled your stunt in the beginning, and that's that. So if Apple doesn't want you back, you're not coming back. Apple right away when they did that revoked Epic's like developer license. So really, not just Fortnite, but any Epic game is not allowed on the App Store anymore. Damn. A real big fuck you to Epic. So they just lost a huge portion of their audience. I mean, I know myself, I use iPhone. I think you're still an iPhone guy, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not playing Fortnite on our phones. So they, they lost a big market there. Now, on Apple's side, they this might be even more hurtful. They can no longer force people to use their in-app transactions. So they, they may be missing out on that 30%. It's what Epic was complaining about. It's just not going to affect Epic. So now all future games, if the whatever Temple Run guys want to charge for in-app purchases, they can do it through PayPal or whatever um, and avoid Apple altogether. They could lose billions from that if the game's real big or if it's just something that kind of catches on. It's a, it's a real tricky situation. So it sounds like it's a lose-lose out of this. Yeah. Do you see any like pros that came out of this? Any good side? I'm really surprised that the court would say Apple has to allow 
the third party to to sell without them. That seems. I don't know. They seems... were arguing that it creates uh as like a soft monopoly essentially, where like you're oh. kind of making it to where there's only way to check out is through us. That's kind of like yeah, but you're oh. also selling the device. You're also providing the the software. So there's that yeah, and that too much control and now that yeah. Because they charge for people that have an app. So they're already charging the company to even have an app up. Yeah. So you're like double down. It's all kind of like it's real close okay. to monopoly. That makes sense. Just leave it open on one end so they're not boxed in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds like a lose lose, honestly. If these guys just settled <laughs> for cash in the beginning and walked away, they both would have been happier because now Epic has no access to Apple and Apple has no control over their revenue now. <laughs> I mean, there's so much, so much of games nowadays is in-game purchases at least most big games these days and so that's just a that's a bleeding hole out of their side that makes it to where so epic won't be on the apple store but if if i would assume apple would want to make a deal with one of the competitors probably steam or somebody else you know valve so they would bring in a replacement for them and have split gate or something like that yeah exactly so it would make sense they would want to make a deal with somebody like that. But then now that they can't control the sales, hey, that's going to be, that's going to be rough. They might just put up a wall and say, you know what? Okay. We're not going to be bringing in, you know, any of these bigger companies would just bring in indie games or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, that's going to be kind of messy for Apple. Now they might dance around it with some kind of contract that says, Hey, you can use whatever you want, but we highly encourage you to use our oh, sure. system and you get a 10% yeah. increase in your, revenue or something if you do that or whatever but i don't know i don't know how that's gonna play out you're it's right be- though i think that's how they'll approach it now instead of being like here's part of the deal you give us 30 mm-hmm. percent, they're gonna be like hey and when you use in-app purchases they're more likely to click the button it's easier it's secure like we use our security for it so i think now it's gonna be a lot less like here's the contract and much more of a sales pitch to yeah here it is they may even lower that 30 percent. i think now that they beat epic i think they're more willing to lower that 30 percent, which yeah. is going to be more inviting and I mean, for myself, it's a lot easier just to hit that pay through the app mm-hmm. store than it is to actually put in my credit card information or something like that, you know? Yeah. Especially when as a consumer, our price doesn't change, you know, it's the right. percentage that's getting cut off and, and given to the middleman. But if you have to click off and go to a different website and get an access code and log that into your purchase and, and to do the whole deal for the same cost to you as a consumer, there's no benefit unless you're being really coaxed by the, the developer to do it. Best case scenario, it might bring more apps to the store if they were like holding out because like, oh, that 30% is too steep. It might bring more customers over so we can like enjoy more apps. But I also am worried that like there might be younger kids that that play the games and are like, oh, I know my dad's credit card number. Let me just put this in here, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And it's like an unsecure site now because it's not through the app store. So it might be like, oh, yeah, here you go to some sort of bot that's just going to farm my bank account for cash. Um. We'll have yeah. to see how this shakes out, but it's crazy that there's a giant lawsuit basically fell into a lose-lose situation. Yeah, and I wonder if Apple could partner with another third party, you know, like Venmo or, or PayPal and have them do the third party portion of it so that it's detached, but they're still in an agreement that, hey, we need you to be, you know, integrated into our system so it's an easy click yeah. still, but we won't control your side of it. You deal with, you know, Epic and all these Ooh. other people. That'd be an interesting workaround. Yeah, yeah, and still provide your in-app purchase thing option, just mm-hmm. as kind of like, uh, well, look, we have our own investment over here. We're not worried about that one. Yeah, that one would, click that for seems Apple shady. Pay. Yeah, yeah, that seems shady, but I could totally see them pulling that. So the saga continues. <laughs> the saga continues, right? We'll see what happens here. Um, if, 
Yeah, I mean, Epic will always spend money. They they offered Sony, I think it was like two hundred million dollars to to create Sony exclusives for theirs, and like Sony was just like, no, we're fine. Like we're rich enough to not have to worry about that. But that's still two hundred million dollars. They were just to throw away to have it to where their games launched only on Epic instead of Epic and Steam. And it's just you guys make too much damn money from Fortnite. It's crazy. Mm. Did you see the iPhone thirteen get announced? No, I saw a joke about the designers just moved the camera, but yeah, it. it really is that. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I can't wait to get mine. But yeah, it's it's basically that. It's it looks pretty cool. I think I'm gonna get the because um, I went with the I- iPhone eight Pro is my last one that I had. It's what I'm mm-hmm. still using, and it's getting to that age where it's like, okay, you're starting to bug up a little bit. You know, you do that intentionally. It feels like though, my phone's not that old. I got the SE recent, like a year ago or something like that. And already the battery can't hold the charge too good. It's yeah. getting slow. I get terrible reception almost everywhere. I'm like, is it, you know, I have AT&T. Is it AT&T or is it the crappy phone or is it a great phone and a great service, but it's intentionally designed to weaken and start to fail short in a short period so that I have to go buy a new phone? I don't know. But I'm, I'm definitely considering getting an Android next time around. Did it release with that name 13? It did, which I was surprised I was, by that. Yeah, I was thinking, isn't there, there's a lot of countries that are superstitious about that number more so than we are? Ours. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, aren't hotels not built with a, a 13th, 13th level floor. just because of superstition? Yeah. Our grandpa is super superstitious. Remember, we were, we were on a cruise or whatever, and yeah. people were like, do not tell him how many people were on the ship, or on the party with us. It was 13. He yeah. And sure enough, he found out one time during dinner and would not sit down to dinner. He's like, no, I don't want 13 people to be at that table. And so he sat out, so it was 12. And it's just some people are that superstitious, you know? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, it's crazy. Goodness. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, before we go, we have that Trek Freaks giveaway. Uh, we're giving away the first season of Star Trek on Blu-ray. All you have to do is either be an active user of Cephalopod, five times uh, Cephalopod bonus episode a user, Patreon member, any tier. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sponsor tier and up. Sorry. Sponsor tier and up. Um, and there's one more. I forgot the other. Oh, uh, Twitch subscriber, which is the easiest way to join a Twitch subscriber. So we'll choose from that pool. Anybody that's in one of those pools, you guys are going to be getting that first season of Star Trek on Blu-ray. Then normally we do every other, but the next month we're going to go ahead and do it right away again for November. And that's going to be Pokemon theme that, that we're going to be doing a lot of Pokemon stuff that, that month. So it pays to be a Patreon member of Geek Freaks. So come on over and hang out with us, guys. We definitely put in the effort. That's why I will say that much for us. So we appreciate the support. All right, that's it for us this week, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.